is everybody this morning? Good. Well, I think the kids are good, but I didn't hear the adults. That was kind of sad. Hopefully your day gets better as the service goes on. (laughs) There you go. We, in OC Kids, like to have fun, as Audrey said earlier. So, since we're bringing OC Kids to the main sanctuary, we're going to play a few games. But first, I need Chesney. I need Presley. And I need Wyatt. Okay, ooh, I need one more kid. (laughs) Henry, come here. Yes! (laughs) Okay, come here, kids. Can you guys open this box and give one of these into some of those in four spots? Okay, you... Actually, first, hold on. I need one of you to go pick an adult from the crowd and bring him up here. Go get one. Chesney, go get who you want to go get. Do it, Chesney. Derek. Derek. <laughs> go, go get one. Go get a person. Presley, go pick somebody out. Go pick Grandma. <laughs> Wyatt, go pick somebody. Okay, you guys can come to this table. If you're an OC Kids, you probably know this game. This table works for kids. You guys are kind of tall. (laughs) So you might have to bend down. There's one of you. Hope you're not a germaphobe, because I touch those with my hands. All right, they got wet in the baptism waters. Does that count as washing them? Sure. Okay, so adults, you need to grab a spaghetti noodle, spaghetti noodle, and you got to try and get as many of the other noodles on your spaghetti noodle, but you cannot use your hands. You have to put it in your mouth. You cannot use your hands. They just cheer you on. You, they, you get to watch them every week, so now... Okay, you can start the timer. Hold on, don't start yet. The game begins in three, two, two one, one, go! Oh, you guys tied. Rock, paper, scissors for it. 
She can have it. Give them a round. You guys like a piece of candy? I have candy. Okay, I need you guys to go sit down, kids. Thank you. Thank you. I meant for the adults to have the candy, not the kids, but that's okay. Okay, I need four more kids for our last game. Okay, come here. Mm -hmm. Eva, come here. Mm -hmm. Grady and Mia. Okay, you guys gotta go pick an adult now. I need a trash can. We're gonna. Um, no. I need a trash can. Somebody wants to bring one up here. Oh man, both of the trout parents are involved. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you did. Okay, Carlin, put those on. <laughs> put those on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she picked you. <laughs> okay. If I can get this open. You guys got to and try and unwrap as many kisses as you can. With your oven mitts. Don't eat those. Here. Yeah, just unwrap it. You can eat it if you want. The kids do. Okay, you can go ahead and start. The game begins in three. It's two, way harder than it looks. One. I can't do it. But the kids have. if you want. Sure. That way if Carlin spills it, he can't be mad at me. Can we scoot our kisses out of the way? Yep. Thanks, Carlin. Nope, that's good. Thank you very much. See if I can get this up here. So, I'll be honest. 
you guys are a lot more intimidating than the kids are. Because they're like this big and you're like this big. <laughs> and they don't know if I mess up, so it's fine. But before we get started, I want to say thank you to some of you. I want to say thank you to the parents, first of all, for bringing your kids, because this is where we start. If we start their foundation of faith now, it's a lot easier to navigate life with it than it is without. My goal back there is that we can teach them the right and the wrongs and the good and the bad now, so that when time comes you know, for temptation and everything that this world brings to you, they can handle it a little bit better because they know the truth. So I also want to say thank you to my OC Kids team. So if you volunteer in OC Kids on Wednesdays, Sundays, nursery, stand up. Yes, give them a round of applause. Because I would not make it back there without them. Braylon is not a volunteer in OC Kids. <laughs> I am so grateful for them. They are my rocks most Sunday. 96% of them, percent of them are older than I am, so I'm learning from them as well. So, but they're teaching me what a servant's heart is and dedication, and I don't think I could survive any service without them. Most of the times I have to look at Audrey and she's like, calm down, it's okay. <laughs> so, but more than we teach the kids back there, the kids are teaching us. They're blessing us. A lot of the times they're teaching us patience, but I mean, you gotta learn something. So. I'm super grateful for all of them, but as we get started, I have a question for all of you. Who are you? That sounds like a pretty straightforward, you're Presley, Presley's Presley. Yeah, this, I've been asked this question numerous times. If you haven't picked up on already, we like to talk in OC Kids, <laughs> so yes. So when I was working at the bank, if you didn't know, I worked at People's National Bank, and when I was working there, I got asked this question a lot, who are you? Because most of the time people want to know who's taking care of their money, I mean I would. But there was, we had a floating teller, and if you don't know what a floating teller is, it's what it sounds like, a teller that kind of floats to the different branches when they need help or when they're busy and short staffed. And um, she kept staring at me, like you know that feeling when someone's staring at you? Like it's like you get goosebumps and it's like, do I sit up straight, <laughs> like don't breathe too hard, like why are you looking at me? And she was like, she was staring at me. And I, like right now, this makes me uncomfortable. Everybody's staring at me. And so I was uncomfortable. So finally, you know, like I was, don't want to be rude. But I just looked at her and I smiled, hoping like she would either stop staring at me or that she would ask me what she was wanting to ask me. And she goes, you just look so familiar. Who are you? And I was like, um, I'm McKenna. I go to Wayne City. I went to Rin Lake. At the time, I was still in Rin Lake. I go to Orchardville Church, and she was like, no, that's not it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't do too much else than that, so I don't know how you know me. And she was like, who are your parents? And I was like, Jason and Angie Kelly. She goes, that's it. I know your mom. I was like, of course you do. Everybody knows my mom. <laughs> and she was like, you're a spitting image of her. You look just like her. She was like, I used to work with your mom. I can tell you belong to her. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, Am I behaving right? Are you going to go tell my mom if I'm not? <laughs> and so, but as I was thinking, I was like, that's kind of odd. Because, I mean, I do it too. Like, I look at Macy and I'm like, you are the daughter of Jackie Tannehill. Like, I, you just know by their looks. And so I got to thinking, because, you know, there's always some deeper meaning in someone's message. I was like, what if, do people think that about my faith? Do they just look at me and they're like, she's a Christian. 
She belongs to the Lord. Do they think that? Because, I mean, that's our goal in life, isn't it? To shine God's love. So this leads us to our title is Know Who You Are, but more importantly, to know whose you are. So if I were to ask you who you are, you would probably tell me, you know, your name, what you do, some fun facts about you. How, you would try to relate how I would know you. So, but what if I didn't have to look at you to know who you were? And I can tell you right now, I can. I can look at every single one of you. I don't have to know your story. I don't know, have to know where you're from. I don't have to know what your name. But I can tell you all right now that you're a child of God. I can tell it just by looking at all of you. Because in the Bible, this big book of truths, it says so. It says that we are all children of God. And we're going to, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and flip to John chapter 1, verse 12. And that's kind of like our staple verse for today. But if you don't want to flip to it, it's on the screen as well. But this verse doesn't just say you are a child of God. It's telling you how you can be a child of God and why you are. So if you're not there, just go ahead and look up here. Yet to those who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So this isn't saying to those who figured it out before they came to me, to those who got it all together. This is saying, if you believe in me, then you belong to me. I am your father and I am, you are my child and I will protect you. So we're going to move over here. I'm going to take my notes with me. This big vase full of a mixture of stuff is God. We have, in life, we get kind of scared of stepping into being a, ch- a child of God because we think, you know, God's this perfect, perfectly rounded, you can see straight through. Like when we think of God, we think of perfection. So when you think of being a child of God, you think, well, I am, there is no way I can match up to be a child of God. I am not worthy. I cannot do it. But I mean, you're right. We're not worthy to be children of God, but God makes us worthy. The one thing that's holding us all back is that we're broken. That was a perfect base at one point in time, but it's not now. It's broken because the world happened. We got anxiety. We have depression. We have a failed marriage. We have an addiction. We have just bad choices. We have judgment. We have insecurities and worry and stress. And God says, don't just give me some of it. Give it me all of it. And I will make you brand new. I know it's a magic trick. <laughs> God says, give it to me and I will bring, make you whole again. He doesn't say, come to me, all those who have it together. He doesn't say, figure it out and then maybe we can talk. No. God says, bring to me your issues, bring to me your heartache, bring to me your failed marriage, bring to me your anxiety, your insecurities, your addiction. Don't try to fix it without God because it will not work. You'll relapse, your marriage will fall apart, your kids will suffer. You can never try to fix something without God. When you give it all to him and you surrender it all, you can see the pieces are still kind of down here at the bottom because they don't go away. Because we have this amazing thing called a testimony. Our testimony are the, is the things, is your story. It's where God has taken you from and then taken you to. He wants you to use your testimony so that you know who you are. And you can tell people, there are a lot of you in here who, I'll be honest, I can't relate to. But I know that there's somebody else in here who can. 
I know that there's a stranger in Walmart who can. I know that no matter what happens, someone can relate to you because your story, you're never alone. God will bring somebody in your path. God will help you out. So it sounds pretty easy to just believe in him and receive him, and we can be children of God. But then we come to the fact we're not worthy. But like I said, if we give it to God, you can't just give a little bit of it. You have to give it all to God or he, will, he can't fix pieces missing. You can't finish a puzzle when there's a piece missing. God wants to fix you and make you whole, but in order for him to do that, you have to give it to him. But then there's the fear of confession, the fear of rejection. I suffer with the fear of rejection. I want to be liked. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I'm not the only one. But I... So admitting that I've done wrong, admitting what I've done, it's kind of scary because you don't want people to think of you differently. You don't want the world to know who you are inside. I mean, from the outside, we can look put together. We can come to church. We can put on our nice outfits. We can look put together. But in order for God to work, he has to work on the inside. I mean, you can look as pretty as can be, but that doesn't mean you have God inside of you. I know that the fear of rejection can be terrifying, but I can promise you, sometimes it feels like you're walking into the principal's office when you're like, like, okay, God, I messed up again. And you're like walking with your tail between your legs, like, will you please still love me? <laughs> like you want, it's a scary thought to let go of your issues and to let go of what is hurting you. Um, but you're not doing it to look shameful. You're doing it to receive God's glory and to receive the greatness that he has for you in your life. So, sometimes there's, in 1 John 1, 1, 6, it says, I claim to follow Jesus, yet I was walking in darkness. How many, I mean, let's be honest, we're in church, Who's, who does that? And nobody's going to raise their hand. Liars. <laughs> I've done it, and I, there's oftentimes I do it. I know that I love God, and I know that I, I believe in him. I believe that he came to die for me, but my problems are way too bad. I've messed up way too much. There, you can't fix me. I'm broken. I walk in the church doors, and the building might burn down. Not true. <laughs> but I got great news. Our, your Lord will not leave you in your sin. God is always and constantly calling us to a relationship with him. So in our confession, if you let go, there is freedom in the surrender. There is freedom in the pain. And I know that sounds weird to say, but I can promise you that on the other side of that, there's, like there's that saying, there's light at the end of the tunnel. God is that light, and he's calling you to push through the darkness, push through the pain, and give it to him. Surrender. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. This isn't saying, come to me, and then I'll send you another problem on your way. It's come to me and rest in my arms, and the next problem that comes, we can do it together. We don't have to suffer. You don't have to suffer alone. The Lord is constantly calling you to him. There's, um, there's a saying going around, make heaven crowded. We can't, and this, you cannot get people to follow Jesus if you can't follow him yourself. You need, it is time that we Break off the chains. You let go of that marriage. I know it's not working out the way that you wanted it to. I know that there's difficulties, but you have to let it go. Because you've done your part. You're still dedicated, but God's got it. I know your kids aren't where you want them to be, but God's got them. 
I know that anxiety is rough, but God's got you. And I know that your insecurities might be overwhelming at times, but you were made perfect in his image, so I don't think there should be more to say than that. And I'll be guilty because I'm sure my mom's thinking of it. I have insecurities. <laughs> so I'm preaching to myself up here. There has never been a time in my life that God's left me stranded. And I know that there will never be a time that he will leave me stranded. These kids, our goal in them right now is to teach them that no matter what, no matter what happens in life, God's just right here beside them. He's like our best friend. He is our best friend. He should be. If you're not going to God every five seconds of the day, then who are you going to? And I'm not saying you need to spend your entire day in prayer, but what are you idolizing over God that is giving it your pain and you're not giving it to God? Are you idolizing your pain more than you're giving it to God? Do you think that God can't handle it? Because I'm going to tell you, he died on that cross and he came back alive. So I don't think there's anything he can't handle. And if there is, I don't think any of you suffer from it. So I got done a little faster than what I was going to. But I think we're going to open up the altars. Um, but first, I want you guys to know that you're not alone. So when I open up the altar, I want George and the deacons to come up here. But you guys need to understand that no matter what happens, no matter what you face, you have to let it go because you are a child of God. You need to know who you are so you can step into your calling and so that we can help make heaven crowded, so that we can show the world God's love and so that we can help these kids know who God is. There's a lot of times that these kids come up and they have questions that they can answer themselves, but they need someone to guide them. They need someone to help them out along the way, and that's what we're here for. So I will say, if you want to get involved in the chaos, I'll take you, but... We're going to open up these altars really quick. And if you struggle with confessing your sins, if you struggle with the fear of rejection, if you struggle with just not accepting that God has called you to be his, and we can be children of God, we can be saved, but are we living that? Are we truly accepting that God has called you to be his? Because, I mean, we teach it in kids a lot. You cannot give God half of your heart. You can't give him three-fourths of your heart. It, you have to give him all so that he can take care of it. So you can go ahead and start that song, Dylan. But I want you, everybody stand up. And then if you struggle with anything, if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, this time is for you. Who am I that the highest king? 